listening to the Very Brave podcast, the podcast for women who are looking to find their brave and take more bold steps in life. We'll be chatting with women from all walks of life about redefining bravery away from just physical and heroic battlefield acts and being more inclusive of emotional, moral and spiritual bravery. The very things women the world over are participating in every single day. If you're ready to be inspired by stories of feminine bravery from across the globe and you know it's time to make your next bold move, then get comfortable, grab a coffee and let's get started. Thank you so much for joining me today. Senator from South Australia, Sarah Hanson-Young. Well, thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. And what a great topic, talking about the essence of bravery and what that means for, for women in particular and um, thinking about the impact of you know, a brave acts. And it's not just for, for women, but, but I'd say also for, for girls, girls in particular who are you know, looking for role models. Definitely. And we've we've had a bit of a, uh, a chat about how I came across the Governor-General's Bravery Awards list. No doubt there'll be another one in a couple of months' time and it'll probably follow a, a similar pattern of, you know, being rewarded or awarded for brave physical acts. And, and I think in many cases, you know, as it should be, these people have put their, their lives on the line. But what we're here to talk about today is how as women, we might have a different definition of bravery than what society is currently rewarding. So along those lines, how would you define bravery yourself? Well, I think bravery is often a a mixture of strength and uh, vulnerability. And for me, one of the most bravest things that I've seen people do is to to put themselves in in a vulnerable situation and to say, here I am, this is my truth, mm-hmm. and, and and this is what I stand for. And, and you see that on the sporting field, you see that with her, the more traditional heroic acts, they're putting themselves in a, in, a, in a risky situation. But more and more recognising that um, women in particular are the ones who are stepping forward and putting themselves uh, and revealing their vulnerability in a way to say, my vulnerability doesn't make me weak, actually. Knowing what my vulnerability is, being honest and truthful about who you are is, in fact, a very strong thing to do. And how do you know yourself, especially if you reflect uh, on your life so far, how do you know when you've been brave? When it's hard and it's tough, and but you know you have to do it. Uh, when you take that decision and you know, you've got some people saying, oh, it would have been easier just to stay silent, uh, be easy just to you know, suck it up and you know, pretend that wasn't going on, but actually making the step to, to say, well, no, actually this is happening and it's not right. Um, I've done that on issues uh, that you know, I've campaigned for, standing up for other vulnerable people like those who, you know, children who have been locked in immigration detention or, or mothers who are desperate to be reunited with their families, um, or indeed standing up and calling out the sexist bullying in the parliament, of course, which then led to, for me, uh, standing up and, and saying those things and being brave enough to do that, uh, then led to taking action in the court. And that was a very risky thing to do. But, you know, 
seeing the reaction and the flow-on effects of what that has meant for other women coming forward, not just in politics but in, in, in leadership uh, in other areas, in the community. I have young, uh, you know, schoolgirls who, who say, oh, I, you know, I stood up in, in my classroom today and said that, you know, I was sick of being harassed. And, you know, all of those acts that those young people uh, in particular are doing are brave. And in those in those moments for yourself, when you recognise that it's hard, say mm. you, you're standing up in the parliament or you're, you know, speaking to the media or whatever, do you feel a, a physical sensation like you know that you're being courageous here? Um, some mm. women have described it as, you know, that nauseating feeling or butterflies in your stomach or goosebumps. Mm. Yeah, there is definitely a, um, a, a physical reaction. <laughs> Mm. when you know you're on the cusp of of doing something that could go one way or the other but your conviction is rock solid Mm. and I think for me it is having a conviction and you need to be rooted in in the truth of how you feel what you see and and it's not just about oneself Uh, for me bravery is about ensuring that the stand that you are taking or the action that is about to be had is not just about you. It's actually about the impact that you're making on on those around you, your community, the rest of the world. And that's why I think you feel that physical reaction because mm-hmm. they're big decisions. And, yes, butterflies in the stomach, you know, I get the sweaty palms. That's often what yeah. happens to me. <laughs> and through the course of these interviews, I've been able to determine that bravery is often something that we determine after the fact. So we'll sit there in reflection <laughs> and say, yeah, that was really brave or, wow, I can't believe I did that. That was brave. In the moment when we're having that physical reaction, that's courage that we're calling upon. Uh, mm-hmm. When we arrive at a moment where we realise it's decision time or it's time for me to take that action. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. The bravery, as we've discussed, there's physical, but there's moral bravery, there's emotional Mm. bravery, there's spiritual bravery. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a bit, you know, might be part of the Australian culture uh, as opposed to perhaps um, what I've witnessed from, say, in the the US culture. We're not very good at self-describing these types of things. so it does take courage to take those hard decisions to stand up when others would prefer just to turn away um, or to stay silent. And very rarely would I afterwards go, oh, that was a brave thing of me to do. That's left to others to, to mm-hmm. decide. What I know is how I feel afterwards. And you know in your gut, deep in your gut, whether you've done the right thing or not. Mm-hmm. And this type of bravery that we're talking about, especially where women are concerned, we're calling something out, we might be leaving a relationship um, that we know is no good for us or we might be staying in one because we think it's the best thing for the kids. We might be applying for a job that we don't think we'll get or starting a business Mm. contrary to all the advice that's around us. Do you think we, you know, perform this type of bravery risk of there being substantial costs? Do you think we know that at the time? Yes. I think that's that's a big part of the 
what makes it a tough decision, what makes it a, a tough thing to do. It comes with sacrifice and it comes with, it's often a, you know, it's a calculated risk. And courage, I think, is the key essence of leadership and you have to have courage uh, if you if you want to lead. You have to have courage if you want to be an authentic leader and um, if you do and you follow through and you bring people with you, I think that's the point where others might say, well, that was a brave thing to do. Yeah. And what stands out for you? Like you've mentioned how you called out sexist bullying in the parliament and, and took legal action. Are there other moments that, that mm. stand out? Yes, absolutely. I am being prepared to you know, say the things that other people are a bit too intimidated to, to say uh, is has often uh, struck me as, you know, for me, it, it, it's being true to myself and I'm not in politics for politics sake and this is a mm. tough job. I came into politics as uh, a new mum. Uh, I was left my relationship very early on in, in politics uh, so I did it. I've done most of it as a single parent, and um, there are sacrifices that I've made for this work uh, that I am deeply committed to, uh, because I am. I know that we have to take urgent action on things like the environment and climate change, and in order to do that, a big part of that is fixing the issue of inequality, and that fundamentally is the inequality between men and women. So. It hasn't been a walk in the park. And so if I'm going to be making all of these sacrifices, then you want to make the job that you're doing worth it. And that means you have to take those tough decisions. You have for me, I can't I can't not stand up uh, when I see injustice. And mm. um if I if I don't, then there's no point me being here. I'm not get, doing a service to my community and I'm not doing a service to myself and to my family or all of the hours that I've been away from home or the hours that you work or, you know, the extra stresses and strains that being in a public role puts. But, you know, I know women make these decisions all the time in their daily life. And I think the the examples of women who have to make tough decisions in order to leave relationships or, yes, or, or to make the relationship work in a way that, is able to kind of allow them to to you know feel good about the life they're giving for their kids. I think these are all acts of bravery. These are all these all take courage. But ultimately I think it's about being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that combination of strength and vulnerability is really important in this. I just I I don't you ha- in order to be courageous, you have to be able to put yourself in a position uh, that feels uncomfortable that is yet feels right um, because you know the truth and that's a you also need to be able to let people in sometimes and they'll tell you whether you are you know doing the right thing or the wrong thing in their their opinions and you've got to be able to cop that and that in a of letting people in and letting your guard down being vulnerable uh, to others is often one of the hardest things to do very I mean you know it'd be easy to shut everybody up from your life and just and say oh I'm big I'm big tough I can do this all on my own I actually think courage is knowing what your own vulnerabilities are and 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 letting other people know that too you are listening to the very brave podcast so how do we take 
this discussion that we're having today and encourage other women to make more brave moves? What do you think that we need to be doing, you know, as people in society who, you know, whether they're people with a platform or just at the grassroots level, how do we mm-hmm. encourage women to understand that, you know, a dose of courage can result in, a, in an action or a decision that can change their life? One of the first things I think is for us to be having this conversation and to be speaking about it because so often women are uh, are told <laughs> that's life. Mm. Oh, he's just like that. Yeah. Just just learn to ignore it. Don't make a fuss. You know, don't be the whinger. Don't complain. I think we we actually have to have the conversation about it's all right to ask for something different. Uh, and to demonstrate something different. Um, the other thing I would say is encouraging women to other women to know that while you're in the midst of the storm and everything feels chaotic and you feel sick in your stomach about making that decision to stand up and to call it out or to or to change something in your life and to take that courageous move, um, the feeling afterwards is so much better than anything you can imagine. Mm. And knowing that you have done the right thing and courage gives a sense of accomplishment and achievement that nothing else can. Mm. And you know, when I stood up and called out the sexist bullying and behaviour, I, I had people telling me, oh, this makes you a target, and it did. Mm. It did make me a target. And it did ensure that, you know, some would say, oh, well, she's just not up for the job. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's too weak. But actually doing it and allowing other people to see and to be vulnerable opened me up to having a whole army of others there to support me that I didn't even know were there before. Mm. So you're actually, by being courageous and being honest about your courage and your vulnerability, can actually allow you to build a much stronger support network around you than you ever had before. And that's one of the most encouraging things, I think, for for women in whatever situation they're in, that actually this will make them stronger, not weaker, both individually and as with others around them. The group. Yep. In the context of when you called out the sexist bullying in the parliament and, and what you went through over that period of time, do you feel like it made it better for others or is there so yeah. much work, so much more to do? <laughs> that's, the, um, that's the big question. Look, there's lots of work still to be done. But, yes, things have started changing and there was I started to see the, the difference very quickly. I stood up, other women started coming forward. Decent men started standing up too and saying, oh, oh okay, we, I can talk about this now. I can say I don't want to be part of that. That's not okay. I think the the ability to talk about it uh, and shining a light on it has meant that things have changed already. Mm. And you know, sure, there is a lot of work to go to go. And I look at the bravery and the courage of people like Brittany Higgins or Chanel Contos or Grace Tame, and these are all younger women who have come forward since then and. They're part of this amazing conversation uh, and real push for change, and it is having an impact already. I, I have a 
teenage daughter and I can see the impact it's already making in her life and the lives of her peers, both young men and young women. Mm. And women being treated properly uh, is good for everybody. It's not just good for women. It's good for men too. And that would that would be my next point. We hear so much about you know toxic masculinity and the the patriarchy and and how we've only been allowed to operate inside a certain mold. And even then, we're probably stepping outside the bounds of of what the patriarchy intended for us. But do you think that the more that these conversations are had and and the more young women that see that that there's a space for them to have a voice that more decent mm. men, as you term them, mm. will actually stand up and say that it's not what they want to tolerate either? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you know, one of the outcomes of my own experience of being open about what was going on and how it was impacting my my professional life, my work life, my personal life, my, my whole being and self-confidence was that I was having male colleagues and you know decent decent men come up and say oh Sarah we I'd seen what was going on and I didn't I you seem to be handling it fine so I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable and all of a sudden they now have a license and feel like they have a license and you know I'm in the business of social change that's what I'm here for and you don't change things for the better by hitting people over the head and saying, I told you so. Ready to wake up every day and live your bravest life? Sign up today for our 365 Days of Brave and you will receive a daily brave message from Rachel Evans herself directly into your inbox, completely free of charge. Go to bravemedianetwork.com backslash 365 and sign up for your daily brave messages today. We have to change hearts and minds and behaviour and culture and you do that by bringing people along and that means you have to give people a licence to be better, a licence to evolve and a licence to change and I've really seen that. The numbers of letters and men who stop me in the street or, you know, when I'm picking something up from the shops or who say, oh, I, I watch what's you know, happened to you and I've heard you and, you know, so I spoke to my daughter about it the other day. The men are having conversations with the women in their lives about these issues in a way that they just never had before. And I think that is cultural change happening before our very eyes and that is what we want to encourage. And that, and- that, that in and of itself of decent men coming forward and saying, yeah, I just ignored this before or I didn't realise that my my behavior was doing this or that this was you know that there was there was a deeper problem here with the way of my attitude that is that is the courageous brave behavior that we should be celebrating in men and because it's topical because we have a federal election uh coming up in australia do you think a change of government will have any bearing on the speed at which we can you know see further cultural change I don't think we can hang our our lanterns on just a change of government because we can't be complacent about these things. I think um, this this is a a deep cultural shift that needs to happen, which means people from all sides, regardless of your political persuasion or you know or what level of power you have now or have after, 
So that isn't the silver bullet. However, I do believe that if you want a cultural shift, it requires leadership. And I don't see that leadership from Scott Morrison. I think think Scott Morrison demonstrates a a different type of leadership. It's not the leadership that is required for cultural change. Mm. Um, And I think he has a blind spot for women. I don't think he understands the issue. Uh, that we face. I don't think he sees that attitudes towards women that are deeply rooted in in inequality. Mm. Um, and I, I think he is not he, he is not the leader to to spearhead cultural change. And you do need leaders. People at all levels of society are required to make this shift. But if you really want to have cultural change, you do need to have leadership at the top. And and. You know, one of the things, and I reflected on this earlier in the week, I was listening to some of the comments that the Prime Minister made about the male tennis players and he was talking about how Nick Kyrgios speaks his mind and he loves that. I'm a big believer in people speaking their mind and being honest about themselves. But that is an equality that Scott Morrison has valued in women who speak Mm. their minds. Yeah, I'd argue that, you know, People like Brittany and Grace Tame and others, Christine Holgate, are in that category of women who have spoken up and he's dismissed them. Mm. He hasn't valued that as a, as a skill or an attribute that's worth celebrating. And I think that says enough. I think mm. he's not the type of leader who recognises that women are strong too. Not being hugely politically affiliated <laughs> I actually have like no idea you know who's who's likely to win and who's not but do you see any of those things that you think that are needed for for this level of change in Albanese and his team I think the the difference with an Albanese government is purely that they have more women in in, in the team mm. I think that is a difference and I think that makes a huge difference and you know I'm 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 in a totally different political party, but we need more women in politics across all parties, across all levels of government, if we're to see this this change happen. For Anthony Albanese, the benefit he has is that there's he's got some strong women on his front bench, and uh, and more women in his party room, which is creating a cultural shift within the Labor Party. Still a long way to go in the Labor Party, too, by the way. But you know that's the difference. I think. You, you need more women in leadership in order to get that, that kind of tipping point. And how does that play out in your own party? In different ways. Now, we have a ma- majority of women in our party room at the moment and it does change the conversation. I've been in the party room when it's we've had less women and, yeah, the, the conversation is different. The discussion we have about the issues and the impacts and, and how we respond to them mm. in ways is different but then you know we're a smaller party and so we can have a bit more of those forthright direct conversations with each other that you don't get in the big parties it's all a bit diluted you are listening to the very brave podcast If we're to think about the the Sarah that you are now and the way that you use courage now and we think back to the Sarah who was 20, would you have any advice for her? Yes. I think the best advice, one is you really do need people in your corner. 
And in order to have people in your corner, you need to be vulnerable with them. And that that's not a bad thing. That's not something to be afraid of. And I think for a long time, especially when I first came into politics, I came in being very courageous about the issues that I was passionate about, but I wasn't honest about the impact that the culture of politics was having on me. Mm. And so you know, I was learning on my own. And I think if I were, yeah, I think younger Sarah, I would say, don't be afraid to tell people actually what's going on in your life. Don't be afraid to tell people how you actually feel, how this is impacting you. Being vulnerable is is not a weakness. You actually can turn it into a strength. And we've seen so much courage and bravery from you already on a variety of issues. Um, I, I re- just remember last year seeing your face freezing cold, keeping the Prime Minister accountable on climate change um, when he was at the big summit. But I imagine that there's so much more to come as well. So can you share with me what your next brave move might be? Look, I think the, the big issue really facing us right now is the collapse of nature and the environment. And I think it impacts on on everything that we do. We can't have a healthy society or economy if our environment isn't healthy. And we have to be brave enough to to take on those big corporations who are making a lot of money off the back of taking our environment for granted. And in politics, that's a big thing because they have a lot of money and they can, and they've got big uh, support in, uh, you know, in some of the big media empires. And I think it's about uh, really just being honest with people that we're about to lose a lot of things for good and uh, the flow-on effects of that um, are going to be huge. And it doesn't sound, uh, the environment doesn't sound sexy and it doesn't sound uh, urgent, but it is. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, my next big thing is exposing those corporations and those who are supporting them who keep trashing the earth, really. Well, I look forward to seeing that and I thank you in advance for the work that you're going to do because I certainly, um, like all of us, want my kids to be able to enjoy the things that we were able to enjoy as as children and then their children and their children and their children. So Yeah, and I think women have a, a particularly special part to play in this. I think whether it's in our local communities, uh, in our own families and the decisions we make, you know, we know women are often the ones who are making decisions about the values of uh, the activities and the involvement in, in things uh, in families. But it is women who we need to bring a different type of thinking uh, to solving these global issues. And um, uh, young women like uh, Greta Thunberg is a beautiful example of a young woman stepping outside the mould uh, and saying, no, she's she's going to step forward. But I think it's the different type of thinking that women bring to these issues. We don't have to keep doing things the way they've always been done. And, in fact, we can't. And you know, more and more men around boardrooms uh, and in leadership positions are starting to see that if they bring more women to the table with, an, with, with, a, with a voice uh, and some power and support to make some decisions, actually uh, change is not as scary as um, men may think. Definitely agree. And I hope that with what you have in the works and by continuing 
to have conversations like this. We're able to bring out more and more women and then young girls who will join us in the conversation and not just for the um, the benefit of, of females but eventually for the benefit of, of males and young boys as well. So That's thank nice. you so much for thank uh, you. having this discussion with me today and thank you for being an amazing, courageous role model. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful to be part of. Thank you for listening to the Very Brave Podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Also, remember to give us a rating and review. I'll be reading out reviews on future podcast episodes, and I'd love to share your insights. For more information and additional resources, check out the website at www.therealrachel.com and www.bravemedianetwork.com. I love hanging out on Instagram as well. So make sure you follow me there at The Real Rachel Evans. And let's continue this conversation. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thank you.